It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on North Shore 1049. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems. And we'll go over some people's car problems that we've seen this week and the emails that we get throughout the week. And uh, those emails a lot of times are generated by the Providence Journal column that I do every Sunday. And hopefully, I think they uh, have more layoffs at the Journal. I uh, hope my editor isn't one of them. And then uh, if you've been looking for my Boston.com column, it's kind of moved off of Boston.com to BostonGlobe.com. So you have to go to BostonGlobe.com and then go over to the left where the uh, menu page is and go all the way down to the bottom and it says cars and click on that and pop up and there I am. So if you you looked on Boston.com and said, where'd the auto section go? Well, it moved over to the Boston Globe part, which it's fine with me. And, uh, of course, on uh, for our New York listeners, and I know there's a few that tune in, uh, Friday, uh, the Car Doctor column appears in Newsday, and uh, on Sunday, I don't know, three or four other newspapers in New York, the Saratogian, um, the Troy Record, uh, I don't know, there's three or four up around that area that that uh and these are all different columns these are these are the one in the globe is different than the one in the journal which is the one that's different in the new york paper so uh so you can find them all online you can read some of the different stuff that i do and uh talk about that kind of stuff too with us on the phone is mike galen i've known michael for i don't know 30 plus years i i met mike when he uh Oh, when he was, I thought, with Chrysler, and you know, I'm just going to have him explain a little bit of himself to uh, to uh, to me and the audience. Michael, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Good morning, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, uh, how long? How I appreciate long have we known the second. Yeah. Oh, it's decades. Decades. Yeah. <laughs> I must. I, I will say that I have lost specific track because it kind of blends together. Uh, I've been in the auto business well over 40 years in automotive communications, either as a journalist or PR guy. And in that time, I've been involved with so many companies and so many programs that I get a little lost trying to figure out exactly when we did this or when I saw that. Oh, oh it's been at least 30 years that I've known you. That I've been yeah, and- I came out of New York. I now live in New England, but for years I came to New England on various events and that's when we met uh, yeah. I don't know whether it was at a boston auto show or an England motor press association meeting but as a yeah as both of us were founding members or original members of that organization i guess yeah yeah ab- ab- absolutely <laughs> and and you know your your history with you know automotive journalism and the pr side um you know certainly you've seen you know, both of those changed pretty dramatically over the years. I mean, it was a there was a time when uh, PR for the automotive companies was, and I guess it still is a huge thing, but um, it was it was way bigger back back a couple decades ago, right? It, oh, by far, and it was. I started in the seventies. I mean, my first newspaper job, we had manual typewriters. <laughs> that didn't last long, but, but manual typewriters. So that gives you an idea. Yep. And back then, and even before then, as, as I was coming up in journalism, they talked about it. They used to do events for in automotive journalism. They would take journalists to these incredible places and put on these incredible shows, not to mention gifts that were given. There were stories in the days when, when the big three, that's Ford, Chrysler, General Motors, had divisions that went beyond cars. So occasionally a journalist might get a refrigerator as a gift from the refrigerator division of one of them or something of that nature. Uh, and then into the 80s and 90s, the competition 
in the automotive journalism world from the manufacturer side got very intense. So you saw events where journalists were taken to exotic places to test drive new cars or to see pre-production vehicles. Uh, auto show extravaganzas really began in the mid-80s when the Detroit opened up a new arena and the auto industry, the domestic auto industry, decided they wanted to make Detroit the auto show in America and spent a lot of money bringing journalists from around the world to the show. And coincidental to that, they put on big events to unveil new cars. Chrysler set the stage. Uh, one of the first of the really amazing events was when they introduced the Jeep Grand Cherokee to the world. And they did that with Bob Lutz and the mayor, then mayor of Detroit, driving, you know, set up to be the first Grand Cherokee from the factory right there in Detroit down to Cobo Hall and through a glass window onto the show floor. Now, it was a Hollywood stunt. The uh, window was actually uh, blown, so to speak, by the, the company that was hired. But yep. they really did do all that, and it became an incredible photo opportunity. Photo op got on national news well beyond coverage of normal car events. And from there, it took off. Each year, Chrysler tried to outdo itself. Uh, they dropped a truck from the ceiling to introduce the Dodge Dakota. When that vehicle was unveiled, they, at one of the minivan, the Chrysler minivan introductions, they leapfrogged over another minivan to show they were leapfrogging over the competition. And they actually had a vehicle jump over another vehicle, so to speak. On and on. Uh, the displays got extravagant. The press conferences got to be intense. There were big name stars that came in, uh, NBA basketball players playing on the floor as an introduction. And coupled with that were huge press fleets, lots of automotive journalists out there, events at racetracks, uh, events literally around the world. Uh, mm. It was just an amazing thing to go to a, a media preview at an auto show and be in New York or Frankfurt, Germany, or uh, Geneva, Switzerland. And the crowds were virtually as big as they were during the public days. Yeah, it, it and the um, the journalists themselves. There was, uh, and, and we still talk about it today. There's sort of a you know a list journalists, but the a list journalists <laughs> back then they were stars. Yeah, uh, they were. I mean, again, in some cases beyond the, the automotive enthusiast, uh, people like Alex Taylor who was Fortune's car writer for decades. Uh, Jerry Flint, who came out of Detroit with the New York Times, became Forbes Magazine's automotive uh, expert, again, for many years. Uh, Jim Healy at USA Today. These people had followings that transcended, you know, the, again, automotive enthusiasts. They appeared in regular, on a regular basis in these general interest publications and they were just the tip of the iceberg it was like that there were a lot of publications dedicated to automobiles that along with a lot of other publications are gone today uh, popular mechanics alone which was a huge magazine to begin with had a 14 person automotive staff uh, consumer reports then had 12 to 15 people and then from a new england perspective you had tom and ray yep Tom and Ray, you had John, John White, of course, you know. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, John, John was, you know, he was, you know, the Boston Globe as the anchor publication or newspaper in New England. And John White was, you know, used the word icon loosely a lot of times, but no, John was that. He was a pillar of automotive journalism beyond just New England. He stood yeah. out. John was tough. He was tough if you were a manufacturer on your vehicle, but fair. Yep. No, it was, it was funny. I remember every time I ever went to an auto show, whether it was Detroit or New York, and John was there, and, you know, he'd get up to the microphone to ask a question, and 
you know, everybody else was interested, and I was kind of cringing a little bit because I was always afraid what was going to happen when he asked that question. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and it was, and like you said, though, the questions were fair enough, and, uh, you know, something that probably somebody else wouldn't have asked. Oh, <laughs> you, you were afraid. Well, I was there in the press room at the New York Auto Show the year that uh, fisticuffs broke out when John was questioning the then head of the Pontiac Division, yes, of General Motors, about a uh, seatbelt design that GM was using at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they mounted, the, the shoulder belts were mounted on the door frame, and John hated that design. It, it, the design led to the death of a state trooper. I can't remember whether it was New Hampshire, Massachusetts, or Maine even. It was up here. Yep. When yep. the door flew open in an accident and the, the trooper was ejected from the vehicle because once the door opened up, the seatbelt was useless. Yep. And that became a cause celeb for John for years, not just with General Motors, but any time he saw a design like that. Well, at that New York Auto Show, his questions got he got a... Not a particularly good answer from the General Motors executive. <laughs> and one thing led to another, and they had to be broken up yep. as a fight was breaking out. Uh, no, John was never afraid to ask a tough question. Yeah, and he was, again, John was like Jim Healy of USA Today. They would, and Jerry Flint would always ask the tough questions uh, and to the point where I remember Bob Lutz started a press conference once. Bob Lutz, then an executive with Chrysler. When he started the press conference by answering Jim Healy's normal questions <laughs> that he knew were coming about engine size, displacement, fuel economy, and such, he just rattled off the answers before Jim yep. had a chance to ask them. Um, nobody shied away from those days. I mean, this was in an industry that was often accused of taking, quote, bribes from the manufacturers. Uh -huh. But the good journalists... And those of us in PR at the time knew who they were. We knew they couldn't be bought with with a free ride or a free meal because these guys just, they stuck to their guns. They were good reporters. That just so happened to cover the auto industry. Yeah. Uh, I was no, proud I'm, to be part of it yeah. because of them. Yeah, absolutely. And then you had, you had kind of the... The uh, the the guys who wrote with a little bit of extra flair. What was the popular science guy? McCahill. Oh, go way back. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That you know, I don't. You know, in a in the politically correct world now, I don't think we could say things like, oh. you know, the suspension allowed the car <laughs> to, you know, you know, bounce over bumps like a like a you know belly dancer's hips or whatever whatever he would say. You know. Uh, yeah, there, there were. He was one that. That did that. I mean, David E. Davis Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, who started Automobile Magazine was twice the editor and chief of car and driver, and lived a life where it was Hemingway esque, and he actually patterned his life. He would never admit it. David would never admit it. But much like Hemingway, he was a larger than life figure, physically and the way he conducted himself, and he wrote that way as well, with a lot of flair and a lot of style. Uh, the Some of the auto magazines were that written that way. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, Playboy magazine, it was an influence on a number of them. Again, not the pictorials, but the yep. way the writing was done. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it, it, really, it really was kind of a, you know, kind of a, you know, golden age time with, you know, automotive, I think, back then, when you when you kind of looked at that. And I remember David E. Davis at some press conference I was at, and someone said something about the latest Jaguar. And he got up and he said, look, I've hunted Jaguars in Africa, and it's Jaguar, not Jaguar, you British dolt, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, jeez, you know. <laughs> that sounds like a David story. I mean, yeah, yeah. that not surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But but you are still even though you've been in the business for a long time, you're still you're still very involved in the automotive um uh both in in the journalism side and still in the PR side somewhat still, right? So oh yeah. Uh I've actually yep. transitioned back after 40 some odd years I'm virtually all journalist now. <laughs> which which to me is a little strange but I love it. Uh, yeah. 
I always felt regardless of which side of the fence I was on, it was about education and information anyway. Yeah. When I was a PR yeah, that, person, I yeah. did my educating through and to the media I dealt with. And, and I was a media relations PR guy. That was the area I liked to work in and most. And I never, I, I believe throughout that time period, uh, forgot my journalistic roots. I started in, in weekly newspapers and, and worked for dailies and then went to corporate doing internal writing before I became a PR guy. And now I'm back in the internet age as a journalist uh, with a couple of websites under my responsibility. Uh, automotive in, in design, but beyond. I, I'm the editor-in-chief for Hagman Media Group, and we've got the Break Report, the EV Report, and Self-Driving News. The last two are our startups, the EV report and uh -huh. self-driving news. The break report is celebrating its 10th anniversary right now. And it's a fairly specific website aimed at the braking industry and related fields. And we interpret that to mean not, not just automotive brakes and brakes for commercial vehicles, but also everything to aviation, trains, uh, and industrial. In addition, we cover what's known as ADOS, or Advanced Driver Assist Systems. You might know them as blind spot warning, uh, forward collision warning. That's what ADOS is. And we base our following of that on those systems. We'll kind of begin with a car's braking system. And I've spent a lot of my time writing about ADOS and sensors. I, I'm fascinated by how they've improved in my mind, vehicles made them much safer, made driving much safer, especially when you talk about big trucks, which are the number one selling vehicles in the United States, and they're bigger than they ever were, which means they have even more blind spots, more difficulties, and people are driving them that have very little experience with big trucks as the interest increases. So all of these aids help. Make it yeah, a they, safer experience for all, as well they as when it comes to yeah, parking. Yeah, they absolutely do. These same because aids help in parking, and I got to tell you, when when I drive some of these big full size pickups that I test in some of the tight parking areas here on Cape Cod, it's a challenge. Yeah, it it absolutely is, and it's interesting that you're right. A lot of people get into these big vehicles, and and they they buy it because maybe it's just something they want, maybe it's something they need for you know moving some things around, and they don't realize that uh, you know brake stopping distance changes pretty exponentially the faster you go, and you know just because that that big truck stopped really well at 55 miles an hour at 75 miles an hour there's going to be a whole lot of different stopping characteristics and the idea of having some of these advanced driver assistance systems that can that can help the driver and 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 you know at this point in life still work with the driver the driver still has to be you know pretty fully engaged to be behind the wheel now you've you know you've driven everything from you know early prototypes to the latest greatest is is there over the last couple of years, is there is there something that you've driven that really has surprised you how good it was? Well, first of all, I mean, what I've learned, right now there are no bad vehicles out there. When right. I started in this business, there were bad vehicles you can buy. You know, things that when you bought them, they were questionable. So today, everybody, make, there's no secret to making a decent vehicle. You may make the wrong choice in what you purchase. That's, that's a different story. Or not buy the right options. There's nothing bad. What has surprised yep. me? How good, well, the products that the, the Hyundai family make in general, you know, that's Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis, not only are terrific, but they're better each one that comes out. And they still represent great value. I'm not sure I should be surprised, but I am, how good they are, mm. how competent, and how they stand up against competition from manufacturers that have been doing it a lot longer than they have. Uh, they seem to learn lessons with each generation of a vehicle from the previous generation as well as what's out there. And they're not, a, look, they're not afraid to copy yeah. and take others', others uh, 
technology and integrate it into, into what they produce. So I'm always ple- pleasantly and wonderfully surprised how good they are. Uh, on a d- different note, uh, to be transparent, I'm a Wrangler guy. I owned one a few years ago, loved it. I go back to the introduction of the first Wrangler back in the 80s. American Motors, one of their, its last product of its own. But the new one is so much better than the, the last generation. It's amazing how well they made it. Uh, and it still retains all the Wrangler characteristics. Still as much fun as it always has been, but now incorporates so much more modern technology to make it, again, safer, more pleasant to drive every day, yet without sacrificing any of the off-road qualities that I, I love. And again, yeah. I have to talk about those big pickup trucks. I've never been a big pickup truck guy. I have very little experience in it. And now, the Ford F-Series, the F-150, and the Ram 1500s are amazing. Uh, yeah. I yeah, Like you, John, I get a different vehicle each week. And I had back-to-back, I had a Ram, very well-equipped Ram 1500. And I won't mention the luxury car that I had the week prior to it. But that vehicle had a the luxury vehicle had a $113,000 sticker on it. it was top of the line SUV from that manufacturer with every option just about that they had. And the Ram, which again, fully equipped, it was an $80,000 Ram was far superior as a, as mm. a driving and riding vehicle. It, it was more comfortable. It was quieter. My wife much preferred the Ram drive be driven in than the other vehicle and i was amazed at that that i guess took me in a different level of appreciating these big pickup trucks how well they're engineered how well the manufacturers have listened to their customers to give their customers a superior product in every way shape and form oh you pay for it let's not make any mistake about that but no i i I remember I remember you telling me years ago when when you were working with Chrysler and we were talking about the then Dodge Ram, and you said, um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be a big surprise, but we put, we walked around, you know, construction sites to see how people were using their trucks and incorporated those ideas into the manufacture of the vehicle. You know, hey, you know, we saw a couple. You know, coffee cups in places that we never thought people would put them. We saw, you know, uh, construction folks were using laptops that we didn't really think about that and said, well, you probably ought to have some place to secure it. Let's build a big enough console where you can lock up a laptop in it. Um, and then the, the actual work aspect of the truck. So the idea that, you know, all these manufacturers are refining their products and making them so much better. Um, you know, just it, it, again, I a lot of people refer to the early 1900s as the golden age of the automobile. I like to think it really is now because you know that automobile could be gasoline, it could be diesel, it could be a hybrid, it could be a plug-in hybrid, it could be a battery vehicle, and the the choices are you know even though there's technically less vehicles to choose from, the the type of choice that people have today is pretty phenomenal. Oh, there's no question. There's you're right. There are fewer brand names to choose from, but within the brands that are available, within the models that are available, there's far more choice. I mean, I look, I, you know, I mentioned, mentioned the Hyundais. I mean, I had a Santa Fe that, in fact, I'm in the middle of writing the Santa Fe review right now. It's a Santa Fe hybrid. You can also get a plug-in hybrid. You can yep. get it with just yep. a gasoline motor. Yep. You can get it with rear-wheel drive, front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Yeah. Okay. It's still a, no. it's all a Santa Fe, but and the price range will go from low thirties to mid forties. You can get it the way you not need need it and want it. Build it yep. your way, and that's one of the great things yep. about no, the way amazing. industries evolved. Yeah. And and they've done it not so much with focus groups because those don't work. I don't care what yep. the manufacturers say, and I argued that internally for years. Yeah. They've actually watched and talked to some of their owners, like you said, right. and observed right. and seen and listened and adapted and adopted things they've seen and heard into the product, sometimes faster than others. Yep. But if they yep. don't do it, and if they don't move, their competitors will, and they're playing catch-up, and they'll lose out. 
Yeah. No. Hey, Michael. Stuff we see that gets better and better from everybody. It really is. Hey, Michael, we got to get going, but always a pleasure talking to you. I always, I always learn something new whenever we get together and chat. And if people want to, people want to read uh, more about uh, uh, Break Report, is it uh, thebreakreport.com? Or break exactly, thebreakreport.com. The break report. The, the break report. And yep. theevreport.com. Like I said, yep. the second one is yep. is in its gestation period. Yep. But it's growing fast because EVs are interesting and you know exploding. And John, Thank I'd you. love to talk to you in the future about you know the whole ADOS thing and sensors because a lot of that has a New England basis to it. I'm discovering. Yeah. Yeah. No, always, Michael. Always great. Thank you so much for taking a little time out of your Saturday and uh, en enjoy a nice day on Cape Cod today. My pleasure, John. Take care. All right, take care. Bye bye, Michael Galen, uh, PR professional, been around for a long time. Known him for decades. It seems like uh, one of the brightest guys I know. Hey, we got to take a break and pay some bills. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on North Shore 1049, and if you would like to join us, phone number is 800-370-1049. 800-370-1049. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. We have 24-7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. We have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels, and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at AAA.com slash join. That's AAA.com slash join. Regina Pizzeria at the Cumming Center in Beverly is open seven days a week for authentic, world-famous pizza that was perfected four generations ago. Regina's pizzas, salads, brick oven calzones, and wraps are made with fresh ingredients delivered directly to the Cumming Center complex seven days a week and delivered to area communities by Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Beverly's Regina Pizzeria is accessible from the outside, just past Cummings' front entrance. Find them online at reginapizza.com. reginapizza.com. Hi, my name is Takia, and a little thing that I love about the Smokehouse Barbecue Bacon Sandwich is when I take a bite, it's the perfect blend from the bacon to the cheese. It's perfection. Hey, I'm Katora, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese is it kind of melts in your mouth, so you know it's creamy, cheesy, and delicious. This gooey mac makes me cheese every time. <laughs> Order dinner delivered on the Chick-fil-A app today. Delivery fee and other restrictions apply. Real guests paid for their testimonials. Tune in every Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. for Caring Voice. I'm Joanne McInnes with Aberdeen Home Care. We're going to bring you valuable information about elder care and the elder in your life. Tune in Sunday morning at 7.30, Caring Voice. Tell you 
welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. And remember, uh, you know, our program is brought to you in part by AAA. If you're looking to join AAA, AAA.com slash join. If you're looking for a job, AAA.com slash careers, you can come and join me. I've, I In about a month, I will be there 38 years or starting on my 38th year, I guess, technically, on, on April 2nd, even though my, even though my, uh, employee profile says I started on April 1st. That is not really true. I know what day I started. It was April 2nd. And, uh, it's been it's been a it's been a pretty good time so far. Well, the lobby audi- audience really appreciated I, your I, service. I heard, I heard yeah. that. Let's, but, wow. uh, Very you know, good. En- enough about enough about me. Let's uh, let's talk to Tom. I think that's a better idea. Yeah, Tom. Good, good morning, m- John. Good, good morning. morning, and congratulations on thirty-eight years. Wow, I haven't even been alive that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, either 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 that you know either it's a really good place to work, or I'm just I lack ambition and. Just uh, you know. no, no. Yeah. You have a lot of ambition. It's a great place to work, John. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was out doing my errand stop. You know, a few times, yep. and I was over stopping shop. I came out, and nothing. Just clicking. Nothing. You know, like the starter. I'm pretty yep. sure it's the starter. Tried it over and over again. I did about ten times with the car and new crew. Tried all those little things. You yep. know, roll it a bit. Yep. The old days. Yep. Nothing works. I called AAA. And they responded pretty promptly, very good. Nice young young man, very good, knowledgeable, came. So let me see the key, let me get in. He tries it, starts up. <laughs> you know, I feel like a fool. So my question is, it's a 2013 Honda, and so I went online, and it seems to be just a chronic problem with these starters that they, they just start doing this, and then yeah. they will start, and then they don't start. Ever hear, you hear anything on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's one of those things, and, and you know, part of part of the problem is that the st- starters in vehicles today are um, pretty small little electric motors, and it used to be that you know a starter motor was a pretty big, hefty thing, and it, you know it worked till it didn't, and you know, and oh, yeah. when it, you know, but today that's not really the case. Today they sort of they work really hard all the time, and um and in your your age of vehicle it was the accord it was the crv was a problem uh mm-hmm. there was a couple of them that had these kind of intermittent starter issues um and you know the starter this you know if if you went to honda for the starter it's it's not cheap i think it's a 600 dollars starter the good news yeah. is it's not a lot of labor to replace it it's only about an hour's worth of work to replace it but right um yeah well, why but would i want to replace it with that same starter that's kind of my issue you know? yeah yeah if it's the same thing. yeah yeah so it, that's it, kind it, of the it, question it, yeah and it is funny it is funny how starters fail too because um, it used to be that you could hear a bunch of grinding noises or weird stuff, you know, coming from the starter. Um, uh, you know, exactly. today it's like today it's like, is it the starter? Was it the neutral safety switch? Did I not have it in park? I don't hear any sound at all. And no, it's just the starter goes bad. And chances are, if it didn't start, and the uh, the uh, person from AAA came out and he was able to get at it and whacked at it with a you know, hammer or a bar or something, it probably would have started up and it would have just got the starter to move a little bit. But on the other hand, you know, as much as you said, why do I want to replace that starter with the same starter? You know, you have gotten seven, eight, nine years out of it? Yeah, 30,000 miles, but yeah. you know, it has the yeah. age. But yeah. that's what they say it sort of starts at that 30,000 mile yeah. range, you know? Yeah, and, uh, you know, to, you know, I would probably just try to find a good quality replacement that wasn't a Honda starter, and chances are it's going to be a remanufactured starter, and um, you know it's it's going to be sort of the beginning of a Honda. But you know, hopefully they you know rewound it and new brushes and pieces and parts, mm-hmm. and it's going to work. It's going to work for the next ten years. It's funny though; it it doesn't seem to be like I did a lot of research yesterday after that. And, you know, like, see really professional mechanics, and they're like, it's not the motor. It seems to be in the solenoid kicking out. Right. They said it, it right. seems to create a lot of dust. This is one guy's assumption. He said, look yep. at all the dust pouring out, and it's seeming yep. to, 
to gum it up because people yep. will drive these for a long time with that. They just it clicks, clicks. They, they yep. just do it. You know, they yep. they just never know how many yep. clicks it's going to take. Yeah, yeah. No, even my previous car, I had a problem with the starter and one day it didn't start and i'm like what am i not stepping on the brake is it not in park is it not and all of a sudden it started right up and i'm like well that was kind of a freaky thing i don't know what that was and uh yes. and then then it did it again one day and then it did it again one day and it became a little bit more consistent and then mm -hmm. finally i got under it and replaced the starter you know yeah and oddly enough that starter which was a pretty good quality replacement only lasted about a only lasted about a year and a half. That I replaced That's what again. I'm afraid of. Yeah, you know some of these rebuilds don't yeah. last. Yeah, that and then long. when I replaced when I replaced it again, I sold the car not long after that, maybe six months later, and uh, the person who bought it said, uh, "Geez, I I don't know about that car. You know, I got to put tires on it again." I said, "Well, the tires were brand new Michelin's. What do you mean?" And uh, she said, "I said how 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 much have you driven?" The? And she looks and she goes, "Oh, she said between my husband and my kids, it's gone fifty thousand miles in a year." Wow! And I went, wow. "How do you drive? I don't even know how you drive fifty thousand miles a year." But uh, but I said, "No wonder why you wore out the tires. I'm surprised everything else didn't wear out in the car." But um, but anyway, you know, I think I think at this point, you know. You know, one of these days is going to leave you stuck somewhere. So, yeah. you know, you're probably better off, you know, just getting it, you know, get it taken care of and less, uh, less, less to worry about. On online, I see actual Honda starters, mm -hmm. and let's say it's going to cost you two hundred and sixty bucks at a you know AutoZone or something. Yep. I've seen some of them online, you know, for like three sixty, hundred bucks more. You know, that's kind of like, what do I buy? A reman? Go with the hundred again? Is there any way I could find out if they ever did something to the starters? Yeah, and, I. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard. You know, I haven't. Okay. I don't know that they've done that, but I think if if I had a choice and I was going to and I plan to keep the car for a long time, I would probably try to get a new versus remanufactured starter and you know it's probably denzo or somebody somebody like that and um hmm. you know but yeah. but on the other on the other hand it isn't a whole lot of labor it'd be one thing if there was a ton of labor to replace this then i'd want to make sure that i only did that once but yeah. Um, well, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's funny you know because i i was just in the honda shop yesterday getting some antifreeze yeah and I said, let me take a look at the new cars, because I could go either way. So I'm looking yeah. at it, but so I look at the sticker price, and it's, say, just say 30, this is one I'm show them, $33,000. Yeah. And I'm looking at the options. Then I look at the far right lower corner, and it says, dealer price, $41,000. Yeah, uh, you know, that will eventually go away. Um, right. You know, that will be, you know, someday that will be just history that you know cars were in short supply and you know everybody had to mark them up and um you know so if uh, you know and and i i hate saying this because you know we have some great automotive uh, you know dealer advertisers that advertise on the program but i'm kind of telling people hold on buying a new car right now because mm -hmm. you know unless you unless you're working with a dealer that um that will you know that will take care of you and you know you know exactly what you're going to get and you know you know whether it's going to be you know marked up high or low or whatever the case is but um right you know i would i would uh you know if if it was me i'd hold maybe hold off a little bit and, yeah you know. you know you know um john that's one of the reasons i think that you have such a big following because of what you just said you know you said that i'm telling people the right thing to do not because you know on yeah, the other side yeah. of it. So I yeah. think one of, that's what we appreciate. You were well, always well, Tom, are very honest and upfront. I mean, you know, we understand the situation, but yeah. we want to thank you for that. Uh, well, I want to thank you for calling in. We got to take another break because you know there are those people yeah. that you know want, want us to do lot, that. John. Hey, Good Tom, thanks a lot. All right, take care, bye -bye. Robert, bye -bye. Frank, and whoever else is on hold, stay right there. We will be with you just in a minute. Our phone number is eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine. We will be right back. You're listening to the Car Doctor Program on North Shore one zero four nine.
North Reading Chamber is hosting a new outdoor event, Winterfest. It's Erica Hemingway from North Shore 1049th. Join me Thursday, March 10th from 5 to 7 p.m. in Reading Square. You can enjoy fire tables and s'mores on the common, lit ice sculptures and hot chocolate, all thanks to our local business sponsors and signature sponsor, Kiera Mooney Salon and Spa. Join me as I'll be broadcasting live, playing music, and Olaf will be strolling around to meet the kids and take selfies. Bring your ID and cash, and you can enjoy the Winter Beer Garden and snacks from local food trucks. For more information, check them out on Facebook at the Reading North Reading Chambers Winterfest event. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you couldn't have little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. Yes. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Join me, Joe Piantadosi, for Breaking Bread this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. where the conversation is always made fresh. That's Breaking Bread Sunday morning, 10 a.m. right here on North Shore 1049. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal. Here is your North Shore 1049 forecast. Surveying the North Shore in the Merrimack Valley. Increasing clouds today. Temperatures not far from 40. Mostly cloudy overnight. Maybe a few showers around. It'll be in low and mid 30s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, windy, very mild temps, jumping into mid-60s during the afternoon. Showers could break out by early afternoon. Occasional showers tomorrow night. More rain on Monday. Very mild temps in the mid-50s. More changes are coming, though, before next week is over. As we've been saying, folks, winter is not over yet. It's not over yet. Uh, Being brought to you by good friends at the Berry Tavern in Danvers. The Berry Tavern is open every day for lunch and dinner. The Berry Tavern offers takeout, ordering curbside pickup and delivery through local delivery companies. So call the Berry Tavern, 978-777-BERRY. For local North Shore, 1049, I'm Mark Rosenthal. Welcome back to the Car Doc program. We'll get to our calls right away here because uh, Biff tells me you need to get to your calls right away. And, you know, he, contrary to what a lot of people think, I'm not really in charge of anything. Biff's in charge of the radio program. Frightening my wife's, in, my wife's in Frightening charge of everything thought. at home. Yeah, my <laughs> wife's in charge of everything at home. I'm not in charge of anything. You know, I have bosses at work. You know, that's just the way it is. But right now, let's talk to Robert. Robert, good morning. Good morning, John. Uh, must be praise AAA day because I uh, called them yesterday. I told them I wanted them to bring a battery, which, you know, the woman got the information. She said yep. it'll be there within the hour. 30, 35 minutes later, he showed up, did a diagnostic on the alternator and the yep. starter, and they were fine. Replaced the battery 10 minutes later, spin over like it used to. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah very, very prompt. Uh, you know, I did have to call a second time to get a human on the phone. It was a well, yeah, menu. yeah. But, but I, you know, I managed to well, get some. Well, you know, and, and and the other the other thing is, and and I guess this is where we're trying to appeal to the younger people. You know, we're we're actually trying to encourage people to use our app too, because you can just download yeah. the AAA app and you can do it all, and you don't talk to any you don't talk to anybody. And, I want to uh, talk to someone. And, yeah, like you. I, you know. I, I I've been uh, I've been uh, on the phone a lot more this week with different people and it's and it's like just give me a person give me a person I can ask a question yeah, and I got to tell exactly. you sometimes the, sometimes the people don't know that much but uh, yeah but, you know, we, uh, one, another thing I have um, they said it was a six year warranty first yep. three a total replacement is that correct total replacement yep absolutely uh, yeah that was that's a good I mean yep. I don't think you yep. get that in other yep. areas. Yeah, uh, most yeah. most of the time it's usually it's usually five year prorated yeah. and it might be two, right. might be right. you know some are yeah, three. I mean, said but three, no, it's four, a, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's a good quality battery. Um, yeah, who uh, does we, make the battery by the way? Uh, it's it's that's a that's an interesting. Uh, all our batteries used to be East Penn, uh, mm. but we switched over to Interstate. And I always thought Interstate was a battery company. It's not. It's a marketing company. Um, chances are the battery is made by uh, the company that has changed names again, but it used to be Johnson Johnson Controls, um, uh-huh. which were the same people that made uh, you know the Sears Die Hard back in the day. 
So oh. it's a it's a good quality it's a good quality battery. Um, it's yeah, uh, definitely a monster yeah. on that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good solid battery, and even if you you know lose your receipt, you know you can always look it up. And, and what's interesting now too is even if you if you sold me your truck next year, mm-hmm. and that battery went bad, I could call AAA up and say, hey, look, there's a AAA battery under the hood of this truck. I don't know how old it is. Can you come out and test it? And if it yeah. was still, if they saw the sticker on the side of it. And said, "Oh, this battery was uh, this battery was uh, you know made in you know January of 2022. Oh, it's still under warranty. We'll replace it, even though you know you'd have to be a member. But even though I wasn't the yeah. original owner of that battery, which is pretty neat. Yeah, like I said, I was pleased to hear three years full replacement. Yep. And like yep. I say, it has a, I know it has a handle on it where you can lift it in and out, being as big as it is. But yeah, it yep. definitely, it was a painless situation. I never left the garage. The truck was in there." The only pain will be paying for it when the bill comes well, in next month. Well, there's, there's, all, there's always that. There's always that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Robert, thanks for thanks for the praise, buddy. You got it, bud. All right, thanks. Catch you later. Bye. All right, let's go over to uh, Frank. All right, give, Frank, me a, give, me a, give me a quick minute oh, to get oh, Frank on. Oh, oh geez. So. <laughs> <laughs> you crack producer. Hang on. Well, you you could you can tell me when you're ready. and um, In fact, I will. I am ready. You were right. All right. All right. I was going to, I was going to, I actually had kind of a weird little review to talk about, but I'll do that somewhere between Frank and, uh, and Steve maybe. Uh, but let's talk to Frank. Frank, good morning. Morning, John Paul. I got a question on a, uh, my daughter's car. She's got a 2008 Ford Fusion four cylinder. Yeah. And, uh, it was making a noise. It sounded like, uh, exhaust banging or something noise, right? So I said, you better yeah. take it over to the garage and, have them take a look at it or whatever there. And they looked at it and they said $3,000 to fix it. Probably ain't worth putting the money into it. Uh, it's uh, the exhaust manifold. And he says it's a deal apart, 1900 bucks or something. And the flex pipe is uh, gone again. And and they just said, they, they, they thought it was the actual manifold that was cracked? Yes. Yeah. Um, now, do they have to pull that engine to to change that manifold? Is that against the firewall on that? No, no, no. It's a couple hours labor, though. You got to tilt the you got to tilt the engine around to move it. But um, yeah, I mean the the price the price on the you know because it's a it's a um, technically it's a California equipped emissions vehicle, and because of that the the pot is more expensive. Um, the uh, you know the, the emissions in New England, Mass, you know Rhode Island, New York uh, are the same as California, and they use a different manifold than than uh, than the other the other forty odd state forty four states or whatever it is that use the other thing. So. Um, you know the other option is, and maybe you can maybe you can do it and do it a little bit cheaper. Maybe you can get you, know, you can get one out of a salvage yard. That's what I was wondering if you yeah. use one or uh, yeah. any good or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, well, you know, it's it's you know it's at least worth looking at, and uh, you know, and like I said, maybe you can get one out of a salvage yard that's in you know better shape than yours, and you know, pay you know, it's probably a hundred dollar pot in a junkyard, and. Uh, uh, you know, and do that flex pipe again, and you know, maybe you're back on the road for a thousand dollars. Yeah, 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 three thousand. I mean, it's, it's got like a hundred and thirty, uh, four thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. It runs like a yeah. I, I was told before one time that they said it was a Mazda drivetrain. Is that true? Uh, they, they shared a lot back then because at the time, uh, Ford owned something like 36 percent of Mazda, so there was a lot of sharing going on back then. Yeah. yeah okay. But no, I, I I would I would sit down, you know, I'd sit down with the, you know, a bunch of phone numbers and and go and look and say, "Hey, look, I'm going to check I'm going to check around and, you know, make a few phone calls and say, "Hey, I got a yeah. uh, 2008 Ford Fusion, you know, uh, is it all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive?" Just front-wheel drive, four-cylinder. Front-wheel drive. Just say, "Hey, I got a, you know, I got a, it's a 2.3 liter four-cylinder. I'm looking for an exhaust manifold." See what they say, right. you know, chances are they get the engines pulled out anyway. Um, sure. Yeah, that's you know, what I'm wondering yeah, if they don't yeah, like them pulling them yeah. out or whatever. So, 
So you might you might be able to get real lucky and, and get a manifold for short money. Get it, you know, make sure it looks in, like it's in good shape. Have your mechanic look it over before he does it. And like I said, maybe you know, you know, three hundred dollars worth of labor and you're done. You know, and plus the cost of the flex pipe. Right. Okay. That's thank what, you very I, much. That's Paul, what I would. That's what I would try. Have a good weekend. Bye. All right. You too, Frank. Take care. We need to take another break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on North Shore 1049. Uh, Steve and Chris, stay right there. We will be with you as soon as we get back. Volkers is the North Shore's premium global real estate provider, representing buyers and sellers of fine properties right here at home. I'm Karen Hansen, licensed partner at Engel and Volkers. These past two years have provided extraordinary and unusual opportunities for those looking to make a move. If your life is beckoning you towards a new adventure, we would be honored to assist. Cottager Castle, suburbs to the sea, there has never been a better time to live your luxury. Find us online at buythesea.evrealestate.com. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. We have 24-7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. We have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels, and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at AAA.com slash join. That's AAA.com slash join. Have your morning coffee with me, Mark Friedman, host of Dollars and Cents, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll start your day with financial advice in a language you can understand. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, we were going to do trivia this this week, but, you know, the calls have been so good. Um, we'll push that off till next week. But right now, let's talk to Steve in Salem. Steve, good morning. Yes, good morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Fine. Thank you, John. I guess this must be battery day. Just, just a uh, quick uh, question here. Sure. I have a 2017 Ford Taurus, about mm-hmm. 45,000 miles on it. And just a few months ago... I, it failed to start, so, you know, I called AAA, <clears throat> and they came over and uh, checked everything out. I mean, they got the car going first and yeah. running some checks. They said, well, uh, <clears throat> you know, the alternator is good, but the battery's <clears throat> coming on its last legs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we recommend you replace it. I said, okay, do you, <clears throat> do you have a battery? Anything? So, oh, yeah. So, you know, the, the gentleman put the new battery in, and obviously I was good to go. And I was really surprised. The original battery is only like 650 amp hours. Mm-hmm. The new one they put in was 850. Uh, and I guess my question is, why did they, did they put like a smaller battery in? Is it just a question of cost on the, from the original manufacturer? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it always is. It's, it's cost, it's weight, it's production. Um, you know, and typically all of our batteries um, exceed the cold cranking amps of the factory battery. I mean, I, I, I don't even, you know, whether it's, you know, your Ford Taurus or whether it's a, you know, a Toyota Prius. Um, right. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, we we know that more more cold cranking amps is always better. And there's no stress. Oh, right. There's no stress on the engine. Longer reserve life. You know, you leave a light on or something. You got more more time. But you know, is still even. You know, back in the olden days, whatever those olden days were. Okay. You know, it used to be sort of um, one cold cranking amp for each cubic inch of engine. So if you had a Chevy 350, you'd want a battery that had at least 350. You know, cold cranking amps. Right now. Now, with four-cylinder engines, they actually have to crank over longer. Six-cylinder engines have to crank over longer. So that old rule of thumb is completely gone. Also, the old lead-acid batteries, especially the ones you had to add water to, um, you know, they, they just they didn't have the performance that these newer batteries do. And uh, you, can, you, can, you can cram more cold cranking amps into the battery case, and that's good for everybody. Because, okay, you know, the, 
actual physical size of the battery look to me like about the same size as yep. the battery. No, 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 they're gonna they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be identical size wise. It's it's the it's the chemistry, it's the plates inside that all right. that all make the uh, develop the cold cranking efforts. So that's what all makes it work. Okay, well, super. I you know I just I was pleased with the service, and, and I just wanted to let you know that well, uh, well, you're doing a good well, job. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save this program and send it to one of my bosses and just let them know that they're doing a good job out there. So, okay, absolutely. All right, thanks, John. Steve. All right, uh, take care. Thank you. Right. Bye now. Yep, bye bye. All right, let's talk to uh, Chris in Danvers or Chris in Danvers in his car or something like that. Chris, good morning. All right, thanks, Steve. All right, here. Hello, Chris. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, so I had a question about. Um, I have a 2017 or 16 uh, Chrysler Town and Country, and uh, it's gone into limp mode because of the transmission. Um, brought it into a mechanic. They said, you need a new transmission. Um, they could do a rebuild for 4000 They could do a new one for around six installed. And um, it also needs struts. It needs brakes. It needs all kinds of tires, everything. And um, it has 90,000 miles. So my question is, how long can I get limp mode on average do you think because i'm only pulling around town on it uh that's a good question um you know it it basically when it's in limp mode it's either stuck in second or third gear Um, yeah third gear right now yeah 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 um you're gonna eventually the transmission is gonna it's gonna complain too much and it's gonna say you know no more of this um Now, they've checked it out electrically to make sure nothing put it into limp mode, all the electrical connections are good and everything? Yeah, I don't know enough about it. They they said that um, something is leaking in the transmission, and that's the... the, Okay, that's causing the problem, yep. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could, you know, could you you drive it around like that? You know, eventually eventually one day it's going to say no more. Um, But how, you know, when that's going to be, you know, it's probably going to be the... the, uh, you know the the day the day you're going up a big hill, or something. It's going <laughs> to yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's really it's really hard to say how long that could last that way. Um, yeah, um, it's, yeah. I just have a hard time putting putting like uh, you know eight to ten grand into a car with yeah, ninety thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it really is. I mean the the. Uh, the transmission, uh, you know, six thousand sound. Well, I guess with labor, you know, that's about right because, um, to, you know, the transmission itself is uh, about forty seven hundred bucks, I guess. So, um, and to uh, to you know replace replace the transmission, you know, and you know do everything else that's in there. It's it's a good three quarters of a day's work so it's six seven hours worth of labor to pull the old transmission out and put a new one in so at you know 125 dollars an hour you know there's an easy thousand dollars worth of labor plus you know four five six thousand dollars for a transmission and like you said if it you know if it needs you know struts would be the least of my concern because struts are truly a, a you know more of a comfort than safety item but i would uh um you know, to put that kind of money into a, I mean, it's not an old vehicle, but that sounds like an awful lot of money into that vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, unless unless this repair shop is somebody that you trust implicitly, I might get a second opinion just kind of on everything all the way around just, just to check. And on the other hand, with the price of cars today, if this engine is running good and it's been overall well maintained maybe putting you know six grand's a ton of money but maybe putting six grand into it to get another couple of years out of it might not be the worst decision you can make right until it until prices yeah. come down on cars yeah, yeah the, the big exactly. thing here he said is that the um transmissions are hard to come by right now so he right. said we're looking yeah. at a good month until yeah. he can even get one yeah. In. yeah yeah that's that's the issue hey uh chris uh thanks for calling in we gotta get going we are out of time but thanks i appreciate it Hey, you've been listening to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. Ably produced by our producer, Biff. Right? Ably? Is that the right word? Ably. 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 I'm making up words all day today. Boy, this was was battery day.
And it was battery day. It was battery day. So I thought it was the beginning of, uh, I don't know, something else. But anyway, hey, we we got to go. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Pre-recorded. North Shore 104.9, WBOQ, Gloucester. And streaming on the North Shore 104.9 app.